everything is lined out by the Lord. And I personally feel like it's been a wonderful thing for them to have to come and uh, trust God with new situations. Welcome to the Kim Peak Show. This is a special day for me because I'm going to be interviewing my brother. So I'm going to introduce you to him in a moment. But first, I want to introduce to you the Kim Peak Show. And so what we're about is just really seeing women, helping women thrive in their faith, their family, and their work. All three of those components really come together to just really help us live a passionate lifestyle full of faith, but there's so many things from the world that can get in the way of that and present obstacles. And so what we want to do here is take the news of the world and see how you relate it to your world, how you can make a difference. And so I just want to welcome you. I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And right now I want to introduce to you to my brother, Russ Campbell. Hi, Russ. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having (laughs) me. And uh, yeah, Excited to do this with you. Well, I'm so. so glad you said yes. I think he felt like he couldn't say no because, you know, he's my brother. So, but my brother's got a great story that I wanted a, a platform to share it for a long time. So really this has been going on for about eight years that I've thought about it since we were back in uh, Colorado on a family reunion and you shared your story. So, um, you know, I wrangled him into doing this. And the news of today that I want to relate this to is really from a story of Jonathan Isaacs. I've got these three books up here and I'm going to talk about them. And you'll find that that's one thing I do on the Keem Peak Show. Many times I will share books with you because there is nothing better than a book. I even like reading books that I don't agree with completely because, you know, you learn, you think, and it's so good. But this story about Jonathan Isaacs is amazing. The name of the book is called Why I Stand. And this is news because a couple of years ago, he was playing on the Orlando Magic um, basketball team. He still is. But he took some stands that really cost him a lot. And the reason he took those stands is because of his conviction as a Christian person. And what's amazing about his story, he talks about his story from his childhood, is you see how God used his life and what had happened in his life to prepare him for really this this climax that he experienced when he took some stands that he really paid a price for. And in fact, um, he was actually unable to play for um, several games. And you know, along with that was his paycheck. Along with that was having to deal with with, um, you know, the world, the sports world, the world at large, his team not understanding what he was doing. But he stood his ground, he stood his convictions, and he's got a great story. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to share with you, I, I wanted my brother to share with you his story. Mm-hmm. And it relates to sports as well, because my brother played mm-hmm. college football. And that was a great time in life for our family. We went to a lot of games. Um, Uh, We went to Kansas State University, watched him play. I froze in a blizzard at OU one winter. Um, But, you know, we've just got great memories of that time. And so, you know, Russ, um, we're going to get to your life now. But I really do want to start with um, leading up to um, going to play college football. So why don't you just kind of take a little bit of time and share with us um, your life growing up and what led you to Kansas State University? 
Okay, sure. Um, well, I think probably growing up, I was just uh, um, a typical athlete, um, probably um, like most uh, athletes, uh, just um, totally into my sport. Um, I would go into bed dreaming about scoring touchdowns, waking up dreaming about scoring touchdowns. <laughs> Um, just uh, all all in on sports. Anything I could do to be a better football player, to be bigger, stronger, faster. Um, that uh, you, you tell me anything I could do to become a better player, that's what I was all about. And so um, I found myself uh, at K-State K um, and uh, playing tight end mm -hmm. um, and – the first uh, kind of interesting uh, had uh, get redshirted my my first year, mm -hmm. uh, which is to say you don't play, you just practice, and um, uh, that was uh, partially because I I got a, a, a knee injury, a knee injury, and um, so so that first year uh, it was good. Um, I I met different folks that really in the football program that really poured into my life. Probably my, my primary one was my strength coach, Jerry yeah, Palmieri. Jerry Palmieri. Um, kind of became a spiritual father to me. He was the head of our Fellowship of Christian Athletes group. And um, he just uh, basically walked with me as an athlete and as a Christian. Yeah. And so. He really did. Yeah. And, yeah. and so mm -hmm. um, let's talk about your injuries and about your mentors more in a minute. But I just want to break in as the sister. Mm -hmm. You really were disciplined. I remember you went a whole year and didn't eat sugar. And mm -hmm. that was like even in junior high, I think. I mean, you oh. were so committed and you yeah. were like a multi-sport athlete. I mean. You spent summers at the baseball field and mm -hmm. basketball. I do want to say mm -hmm. he led his team to the state championship mm -hmm. and they won. I do want to say that. I also want to say that um, you hold a record at K-State for the most receptions by a tight end, which by the mm -hmm. way, tight end, I think is the best position on the field. So uh, there are just a yes. lot of great things. Yeah, I always mm -hmm. wanted my son, Zach, to be a tight end, but he just didn't see his way to do that. Uh -huh. But that's okay. So um, talk about, and, <clears throat> and talk about, you know, before you talk about your mentors, really, talk about your injuries and how, you know, they kind of, you two steps forward, three steps back, or three steps forward, two steps back, kind of how that did that, and, and just, you know, some of the lessons you learned during that time. Sure. Um, well, I think you have to understand my mentality as a college athlete, probably not unlike most uh, guys that, that find themselves playing major college football. It was, I was just a, a single-minded guy. Um, what I cared about was, was um, starting – um, thriving on the football field and so on. And so at the end of my freshman year, uh, the year I got redshirted, I had won the starting job um, in spring ball, and I was set to be a four-year starter. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's what I really cared about. <clears throat> well, well, and that's, that's not mm – -hmm. that doesn't happen that much, does it? I mean, a four-year oh. starter at the end of that redshirt year to yeah. gain that position. Uh, it was it was a it was a good position to be in, and um, so anyway, uh, that summer I ended up uh, going to work at a, a Christian sports camp, um, 
and it was it was a wonderful time. And then when I came back from there, um, I I ended up getting a uh, a planter's wart of all things. Of all it's things. one of these warts that grows up into your body. And uh, it was on the ball of my foot. Mm. So I figured I should probably get that removed before I went back to training camp. And so I did. And the problem was that the, uh, one of my coaches said, Russ, you went to see a quack. Um, <laughs> I, had a, uh, I had a hole the size of a quarter and about, about a quarter inch deep uh. on the ball of my foot. And I uh. could, couldn't run. Then it got staph infection. And so I missed all of that. I missed that entire camp and went from being the, the, the starter to the third string guy. And I came back slowly. And in the third game of the year against Nebraska, our third game, my, uh, my first snaps of the year, um, I had our center rolled up on my, on my knee uh, when I was blocking a guy and uh, tore, my, tore my medial collateral ligament and I was out. So, um, so that whole deal was a, uh, uh, just kind of, uh, wiped away. And there I was knee surgery, hanging out in my dorm, trying to get healthy. Also, um, our team, interestingly, K-State was the losingest program in the history of college football. <laughs> uh, we were yep. also in the midst of the nation's longest losing streak at that time. And our, our, um, our coach at the time, Stan Parrish, got fired in midseason. So <clears throat> there I was in my dorm um, with uh, trying to recover, and um, I didn't really even uh, go to the football offices too often during that the rest of the second half of that season, and nobody really knew what was going to happen. We yeah. were we had our coach had been fired. It was a really dismal deal. So, yeah. There so, was, I mean, there was really nothing positive happening in this whole football world for you that you had dedicated so yeah. much of your life to. From a worldly sense, there was absolutely nothing positive. I mean, uh, where my uh, girlfriend at the time, who I really liked, she uh, she also broke up with me at that time, <laughs> or we broke up. I don't know if it was her or me, but we were trying to be long distance, yeah. um, and it didn't work so so it was like uh, I I would call that that time since I cared about football so much, um, it was uh, was sort of taken from me. It was like my my miniature uh, Job uh, yeah. experience. Uh, but so on the inside, there were wonderful things happening. Though um, I look back at that time, and um, I would I would call that my my honeymoon with the Lord. It was a time where my faith really became my own because these things that I cared so much about, they were just kind of stripped away for a time. And, um, and, and so, uh, like I say, there I was. I can remember times in my dorm, I would uh, spend the afternoons uh, listening to Keith Green music, uh, which is a lot like oh, just yeah. reading scripture yeah. because his, his um, songs are filled with scripture. So, I began to, <clears throat> I think there was a sort of a rearrangement in my heart, and um, I I put the Lord first. I um, uh, I I remember uh, making resolutions at that time to the Lord. Say, 
if I if I don't ever get to start, if I don't get to play much on this team, mm-hmm. whatever happens, I'm good. I, yeah. I'm my number one thing. The most important thing to me is to put you first and to walk closely with you. And so that was a, it was a major blessing to to have uh, blown yeah. out my knee like that um, because of the things that the Lord the Lord got my attention. And, um, got your attention. And he changed. You know, the Bible says that those who, those who live, they'll, they'll no longer live for themselves, but they'll live for him who died for them. And yeah. I think I had some, some uh, pretty, pretty serious idolatry going on in, in my life. Even though I was a Christian, um, the, the most important things to me were, were not necessarily the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah. out of love, he gave me that injury and and uh, drew me to himself in that way. So, you know, let's take a break from your story for a minute. And I want, um, if you can, you know, you you mentioned you were a Christian at that time. So talk about whether somebody is a Christian or is not a Christian listening to this and kind of when everything, as you said, seems dismal and really so many things important to you seem Mm -hmm. lost, Mm -hmm. you know, what encouragement can you give someone in that moment of their life to turn things around like you did and just really put the Lord first. What, what can you say about that? I would think, I would think two things. Um, Number one would be, um, I think when you said that, I think of a verse in Ephesians that I really like, it says he works everything into conformity with the purpose of his will. Mm. That's what he Mm. does. Everything, everything, everything. So, so that's that's describing a quality of our Lord. He is sovereign. He's in control of everything. And the way I look at it, um, he would, um, you know, his sovereignty as a sovereign Lord in control of everything. He's going to take his kids, like I take my kids, Mm -hmm. and he's going to put them through what I would call a curriculum. He's going to use the events and the experiences in their lives, and um, he's going to teach them. He's going to discipline them, and uh, he's going to, like he did with me, he's going to rearrange the values of their heart, and he's going to keep doing that until the day we die. Mm-hmm. He is a jealous God, and he's he wants he wants all of us Um and so I'm grateful for that experience. He is shooting for absolute authority in my heart. And we made some major strides during that time. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I would say for someone who's going through things uh, such as this, uh, disappointments, um, that, that can be a wonderful time because, uh, like for me, it focused me on the scripture and it's focused me on the Lord. So number one, he's mm-hmm. sovereign. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in control of what's happening. And then number two, he's for me. He's for me. And he wants that, to use that other verse that talks about everything is used for the good too. Yeah. Well, yeah. And for, for the good, I think for, for two purposes, number one, um, Number one, for his glory. 
I bring him glory when I demonstrate his ways and his character as a new creation in Christ. And so he gets glory as he as he conforms me to the image of Christ, as Scripture puts yeah. it. And then, and then um, number two, um, as I submit to him, um, as as I uh, surrender my life and I give him control of more and more areas of my life, I experience the abundant life of walking in Christ. You know, it's so interesting because Jonathan Isaac, this book I just got done reading, he had an injury as well. And um, it, it was much the same trajectory that you went through. I mean, he was a Christian, but it was really difficult. Yes. It's, it's, it's hard not to go through some depression, I mean, in a way with that, because yeah. like you said, you're in your room. I mean, you can't do much. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked about that as well. And so you can't, you know, pour a lot of going and doing positive things or, or you know, going and doing things for God. It's, it's, you're there, but, you know, within right. yourself. And, and, but it's like at that point, we have the choice which way we're going to turn, right? Towards God or away from God. Right. Uh, and I think, uh, so what, when, uh, when Christ calls us to be his follower, he's, he is calling us essentially to die. Right, mm. he's calling us right. to die to ourself and to live for him, and so um, in, in that sense, um, that that to to die is not going to be a pleasant experience. That's if, a if really good point. You're dying yeah. to uh, dreams that you had, or mm-hmm. you're you're dying to attitudes that you thought would uh, bring you what you wanted. But, but in dying to those things and surrendering to Christ, you are, uh, you're, number one, you're trusting him, and then number two, you're, you are allowing him to lead. And I think one of the biggest lies that uh, unfortunately has penetrated uh, the, the body of Christ is that um, it kind of gets mixed around I would call it a me-centered gospel mm, mm-hmm. that uh, people believe. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I believe in Christ. I got my fire insurance. I'm mm-hmm. good to go mm-hmm. now. Um, and then uh, I think sometimes we want to enlist Christ as our servant. So uh, an example of that I think would be uh, you you uh, maybe listen to your own prayers sometimes. Right, and you'd say, "Okay, Lord, I really don't have a lot of time right now, um, but I need you to take care of this, <laughs> and I'm not feeling uh, well. I need you to take care of that. Um, I'm gonna get uh, my sister. I want to pray for her, and, um, and and so on. And I got to go right now. You take care of all that. Yeah, check back with yeah. you later. <laughs> exactly. Who would even talk to their boss that way? Yeah. If you would never talk to your boss that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or you, if you, maybe you have a unique relationship with your boss and you could actually talk to that person that way, would you talk to their boss that way? Or would you talk to the vice president of the company that way right. or the CEO? And yet this is the king of the entire universe. He will be king forever, all time. And we treat him as if he serves us. That's a and, good point. And so I think... 
that that's a that's a big um, that's a big lie um, that has seeped into the church um, uh, or the body of Christ. That if if I follow Christ, He meets all my need. He does everything I want Him to do, and then and then we're good. Right. But that's a self centered uh, type uh, way approach and it's totally wrong he he's the lord in order to experience the abundant life in christ uh we that we that's serve that, him we align ourselves with him in that right. way i'm i'm surrendering to you and i'm following you in faith right and this is what i do so i i think that that's one thing that's got it's got to be aligned properly and if it's not um I think we're really not following Christ, and we end up sort of miserable because we're we're, we're just right. It's and the then same we we wonder why we're miserable. So yes. so speak a little bit now to you know you went through mm-hmm. this as a young man, mm-hmm. and you have six kids of your own now. Yes. Speak a little bit from the parent perspective when you see your kids go through things. Right after you went through this in your mm-hmm. life. And you've really experienced this relationship with God. Speak yeah. a little from a fa- your you as a father that perspective sure. and how you encourage your kids because you want them to have that experience as well with God. Right. Well, we talk about this all the time, uh, especially over the last year. Uh, our family moved uh, to Idaho this last Yay. Friday. Yeah, we moved here. Uh, Friday was a year for us. It was our year anniversary of moving to Idaho. That was a fast year, I just want to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, we moved, and um, it was uh, for Melody, my wife, and I, it was sort of an unusual uh, path. We weren't really looking to move, and we were uh, we were doing just fine. We lived in uh, Wichita, Kansas, for the last yeah. 25 years. You had a great and, life there. Yeah, great life, very easy for us. Um, everything's kind of dialed in. And then uh, we came out here a couple years ago for for your uh, for Zach and Mackenzie, your two your daughter and son's wedding. And two we were weddings in 13 days. Yes, two weeks. Uh, oh, that's right. And we were here for three weeks. Yeah. And. Um, so when we went back, we began to pray, and um, we we just, I can't really explain all of it. We just, as we would pray over the next three or four months, we began to feel more and more like the Lord was saying, I want you to move to Idaho, which was unusual. I mean, we'd have 25 years in the same place. Right. We were dialed in, like I say, a great church, great youth group, mm-hmm. um, wonderful um Friends, yeah, wonderful yeah. friends, uh, business there. So, so in all ways, we were kind of dialed into Wichita, but we really felt uh, increasing. The more we would pray, we the more we would feel like uh, we should go. The Lord is yeah. saying to go, so uh, we did. And so, to get back to your question on my kids, yeah, um, uh, to take a sixteen-year-old and a thirteen-year-old and move them. Um, it, it's, it, it's been hard at times for them mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they kind of had to start over on friends here right. in Idaho and so on. So, um, and I've got two younger kids that we adopted, um, Kai and Caleb and, 
Um, they weren't that uh, connected socially yet, so it wasn't. Right. They're they were kind of like cool. Let's, I mean, yeah. they were okay either sure. way, right? Sure, they weren't giving up a lot. Yeah, um, but I think uh, you know we've encouraged our kids that uh, um, he does. Um, everything is lined out by the Lord. And I personally feel like it's been a wonderful thing for them to have to come and uh, trust God with new situations, uh, new people, new vision. Um, It's been a wonderful thing for them. And even if they do have some some, uh, uh, lonely times, I think, I personally think loneliness um, is something that for me, uh, during this time that I'm describing to right, you, Kim, right. uh, the loneliness that I felt uh, from being injured, kind of having my immediate dreams dashed, um, uh, having things fall apart with my girlfriend, and just feeling kind of isolated and lonely, it was a wonderful thing. And I think loneliness can... Uh, loneliness can be a real blessing from God. It can drive us to, to God. Christian. It yes. can drive us to Him. Yes. So I don't. It's always hard to see your kids struggling. That's never easy. But I, I feel like the Lord's lined these things up. Yeah. And um, and I feel like He's working. He has a curriculum that He's working with my kids, and He brings everything into the conformity with the purpose of His will. Mm-hmm. He is sovereign, and he's for them. He's for them um, uh, drawing near to Christ. He's for them submitting to Christ. And we talk about these things a lot. And so that's sort of a foundation for them and for me as a father. So I don't feel bad if somebody would say, oh, Russ, you, you just ripped your kids out of Kansas, and you brought them out here, and you... You didn't think about them when you moved to Idaho. Now, I would say no. Uh, I I do, and I have, and uh, we did what the Lord told us to do, mm-hmm. and He'll take care of them. Yeah. And uh, it, them being in Idaho and not being on Easy Street uh, mm-hmm. like it was where they came from is um, uh, they're. They're part of uh, God's, that's part of God's curriculum for them. For them. And yeah. so it's a wonderful blessing uh, that uh, we, we're already seeing. We just see them doing wonderful things yeah. in, in yeah. the lives of our kids, and we're grateful yeah. for that. Your sweet so. daughter's really grown a lot, I've noticed. I mean, they both have. But yeah. So, you know, as we we're kind of um, coming to the close, I want to ask you in a minute, just for kind of your closing thoughts for a couple of minutes. But first I want to talk about these books I've got right here mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of close yeah. it out with you. But, you know, Russ is really talking about God preparing us and using everything in our life for his purpose. And I want to share these books with you The the names of them will be in the show notes. And I highly encourage you to read them. I can't tell you which one is my favorite because I love them all. But Good God, Lousy World is written by a gal named Holly Burkhalter. She was not a Christian. She worked as an aide for a senator. And she just saw the suffering of the world and at first thought, well, there's no God because there is such suffering. But over time, she came to see God in reaching out to these people and she became a Christian. It's a great story, especially if you're concerned about human trafficking or modern day slavery. That's what she's given her life to fight. And then Tammy Jo Schultz wrote um, 
Nerves of Steel. She um, was one of the first women pilots in the military, and which was quite an adventure and journey all on that as far as that goes. But then she became a pilot for Southwest Airlines. And um, many years ago, there was a plane that lost an engine. One of the windows broke out. Um, and she ended up being one of the co-pilots that landed that plane safely. And her story is amazing as well. So why stand good God, lousy world and nerves of steel are all amazing books. And I just really encourage you to read one this summer. Um, they're inspiring and that you just see, just like Russ talked about in his story, how God prepares us and how God uses everything in our life. So I just encourage you to do that. So before I close out in a sec, I just want to give my brother a last kind of two or three minutes. To, okay. to wrap this up? Yeah, okay. Well, I would say um, uh, some of the things we've talked about, it make me think about um, some of the things we've been studying in uh, our our family Bible study. We have Bible study pretty much every, every weekday following mm-hmm. breakfast, and uh, we've been studying some Old Testament characters. Um, and... Um, you know, Joseph was an incredible study for us, and most uh, I could go into that, but I don't think I have time. So I'll <laughs> You'll go. You'll have to come back. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I talk it's about. It's going to be the Russ Campbell podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just recently did. Um, uh, we were studying Moses, and uh, my wife brought up and talking about this theme of him bringing everything in the conformity of the purpose of his will. And mm-hmm. him taking the things that you are going through now mm-hmm. to prepare you for what he has coming later. Right. And um, so Moses' life is a wonderful example. Um, you know, the story, uh, maybe, maybe everybody doesn't know, but God arranged it so that all the, so in a time where all the Hebrew boys in Egypt were being killed by an insane uh maniac yeah. uh, leader <laughs> at the time, um, God arranged it so that uh, the the Pharaoh, who was the insane maniac, his daughter would would actually um, uh, find find the baby Moses uh, as she was bathing, mm-hmm. and she wanted to take that that baby and have it for her own. And so God worked it out that he grew up in the palace. And uh, and then he worked it out that um, Moses would spend uh, another uh, forty years out in the wilderness, right? And this was preparation for him to go and lead his people, lead God's people out of Egypt and into the Promised Land. So he was preparing him for forty years of silence of shepherding sheep. God was preparing. Um, Moses to for 40 years in the desert leading people and so he's at work he's doing these things he's in control and he's for you yeah amen uh, amen yes. and you know most of us don't spend 40 years in that so yeah. just want to thank my brother for coming on thanks for yeah. joining us yeah, and again absolutely. yeah we'll probably have to bring him back but um, just want to encourage you to check out some reading and I'm excited to talk about a woman's work next week. I I hope you'll join us. And I just want to leave you with one fun story about my brother. He really was totally dedicated to sports and to getting in shape when he was young. I remember during high school years, he'd get up and go work out and come home before I even woke up. And 
every time he had a personal record, a personal best bench pressing, I'd wake up to him jumping on my bed, telling him my new uh, record, telling me his that. new record. Uh. So that was super fun. But again, just want to thank you. Thank Russ and have a great day. Thank you.